Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just Curious with Patrick Tremont. Today, I have a very important guest and a friend of mine, and I have a lot of friends who are transsexual. And this story here is an incredible journey and a life and adventure that my friend Laura Jane is on. And she is here to tell her story about what it means to transition from one gender to another and also a lot of other things that I think that you're going to be curious about on how to have compassion and love and also, very importantly, understanding what it's all about. So welcome my guest, Laura Jane. Hi, Laura. Hey, Patrick, and thank you for having me on your show. Oh, look, we have been planning this for a while, and you are actually traveling the world, so I don't blame you. And I'm so glad that you took this time out today to sit and talk with me and actually be transparent and be honest and also to tell your story. And it's an incredible one. So I know that not just me, but a lot of my listeners and a lot of people don't really understand um, you know, being a transsexual and how it all comes about. So I want you to, uh, if you can, kind of, you know, educate us on it and give us some understanding. So how, when did you know that you were, you know, transsexual? Well, see, the realization when you're young, you don't have a word for this. Mm -hmm. You realize there is something not quite right with the way you're, you view your body. In other words, when I was about five years old, I thought I did not have a way to distinguish between a boy and a girl, of course. Yeah. You know, um, and I thought I should have been born a girl. Okay. But, you know, when you're five years old, you can't put that into words. You don't have the vocabulary to express yourself. Right. So, you know, you put it in the back of your mind, uh, just, you know, because kids, as kids, we're distracted by this and that. And we're, we got friends we go play with and things like that. But it isn't until I hit puberty that this really struck me. Yeah. You know, and... um. I couldn't express myself because I grew up in rural South Texas, and if I had told any one of my friends that I should have been born a girl, that would have earned me a, an ass whooping. Exactly. <laughs> from, from my peers and ostracized, you know, be ostracized, and the word would have spread like wildfire throughout the school that this. This boy thinks he should have been born a girl and right. everything like that. So you suppress it. And also the fact that I was afraid to tell my parents for fear of losing their love and approval, um, you suppress it. Right. And, but it, it continued to crop up the desire, the belief that I should have been born a girl. So when my sisters started wearing makeup, I would secrete my, uh, secret myself in the bathroom, and I would try makeup. And then, of course, the shame of it all, I would wash it off, take a shower, and come out of the bathroom. You know, they, they never questioned why I was spending so much time in there. Right. Um, so, and then as I progressed into being adult, uh, 
I would do this, uh, what we call binge and purge, binge and purge. So I would go out and I'd buy women's clothing, wigs, makeup. When I was out on my own, I could dress up. And then, you know, well, wait a minute. I was born a boy. I don't need to be doing this. And the shame of it all, I would donate the clothes to Goodwill and throw the makeup away. And I did that like three or four times um, over the course of many years. Uh, uh, you j recently did a show on drag, but I was never brave enough to do drag. Yeah. Um, well, I want to ask you know. a question right there. Now, wh whenever you were putting on women's clothes and buying them, it's not because you wanted to do drag. It wasn't like you were trying to be a drag queen and perform. You no. were actually no, no. You were actually buying the clothes because you felt that that's what you should be wearing. That's what I should be wearing. Yes. Okay. See, a lot of people don't understand that because they kind of get the two, yeah. you know, mixed up. So, yes. Yeah. So, you know, and here's a here's a distinction right here where we need to clarify this. Uh, transgender is an umbrella term mm -hmm. and it covers drag queens, cross dressers, female impersonators, uh, transvestites. And it also covers those of us who are actual transsexual. Mm hmm. Now, transsexual is specifically a term for someone who undergoes chemical and surgical procedures to become the gender that they believe they should have been born as. Okay. Okay? Now, when that, whenever that pr process happens, um, you're saying that um, you do have to go through like a psychiatric evaluation and you have to go through like, yes. you know, all kinds of other, you know, when you're saying chemical, you mean like... Um, Hormones and Hormones. stuff. Yeah. Hormones, so yeah. Yes. So the the no. the real way is supposed to. I guess I shouldn't say. I don't know. I don't. You can correct me on any of this and terminology because I might be asking something you know that I don't understand and um and I might be saying it wrong. Yes. So you can correct me and help me here. But like the 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 way you're supposed to if you're going to actually transition is to do the chemical and the psychological evaluation stuff and then go from there. Yes. And that process is pretty long, isn't it? It is long. Now, this process, or in other words, the standards of care that were set up by a Dr. Harry Benjamin. He was a German-American endocrinologist and sexologist, and he did the pioneer work on this. And he had the Harry Benjamin International Gender Dysphoria Association, and with that, group he developed standards of care mm -hmm. what should the person who feels this and let's make a distinction gender identity disorder which is now called gender dysphoria is a mental illness okay but in some cases the only cure for this mental distress is to transition Okay. So you you really must go to a therapist or a psychologist that specializes in gender identity disorder, gender dysphoria, and uh, that is the only safe way because they want to be assured 
before they recommend you for hormones, before they recommend you for any surgery, mm-hmm. that you're not suffering from some other psychosis. Okay, so sometimes people are going in there saying, I think I'm, I need to be a man or a woman. And then they, they're, they're there, what they're there to do is to like clinically find out, kind of get in there um, and figure out what is really going on here before they can actually give you the hormones and everything else to make sure that this is yeah. actually what it is. Because some people are just, when, when you're saying it's like a mental illness, what do you, what do you mean by that? Are you saying because you, you want to be a girl or, or whatever? No, 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 no. no the mental well, illness is, part it, comes from where? Well, I do not, we do not know where this comes from. There have been studies done that uh, they state that your gender identity should be solidified during the third trimester of your birth, Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, something's not added or something is that shouldn't be. My gender identity did not correspond with my sex. Okay. So... What I tell, what I've told people in, in the past is my innate sense of self was that of a female, okay. not as a male. So um, anyway, so well, the the therapist I sought out was at the Rosenberg Clinic in Galveston, Texas, and I found out. <laughs> Believe it or not, that that organization had existed since 1978 when I was 16 years old, and I didn't live but 45 minutes away from Galveston Island. Wow. And I, if I had been aware of this place, but I cannot say with absolute certainty I would have had the, the courage to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then being a minor, I would have had to have my parents' approval to do anything, you know, to start hormones and move forward. So I started going there back when I was, what, 46 years old. And by that time, I was already professionally employed as a professional pilot for a corporation. I was married. And um, so I had a lot to lose. Mm-hmm. So when my therapist uh, told me I was a good candidate for hormones, I got a little bit scared because I did not have a plan in place to deal with what the hormones were going to do to me and then explaining to my wife and then trying to tell my boss yeah. um, about that. So I, I, I suppressed it for another two years. Mm, okay. But uh, this, this gender dysphoria does not go away. Well, and when a, it comes back, it comes back with a force. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have a question about, you know, like with your wife. Now, did she know that you were, you know, consulting with the doctor to, to figure it all out or did she have any idea or how did you go about that? No, she, she did not have an idea. So I told her one day we were, 
we were watching TV or something. I asked her to turn the TV off because I needed to tell her something. And I said, look, I have been dealing with this all my life. Mm-hmm. I've recently started seeing a therapist, but years ago and continuing now, I think I should have been born female. And I broke down and cried. She cried. She was at first very sympathetic, knowing that I had been dealing with this on my own for so many years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I tried, I told her I was going to try to fight it and everything like that. And I started, I had started keeping a journal on the recommendation from my therapist to start journal, journaling my feelings and everything. And um, my wife had gone away on a business trip and uh, I was in the computer room doing research because, uh, you know, the internet is a great was a great advent, a great uh, outlet for me mm-hmm. because I, now I was able to do research easier than going to a library and trying to go through the card catalog and find the words transgender, gender dysphoria. Or, yeah. You oh, and you said card catalog. Uh, who has, and we haven't said those words in years, right? <laughs> right. Card catalog from a library. You know, I miss the library, but anyway, go ahead. So you, um, yeah. So you did it on the so I, on the internet, and so then, I was, yeah, I was doing my research on the internet. I had my journal with me. I was writing down feelings and ideas and stuff, and then for whatever reason, I left my notebook sitting by the computer. Um, when my wife got home a day later, um, and I went on it, I went on a a trip because I was a corporate pilot mm-hmm. when I got back she said uh, we need to talk and I said okay she said she explained she had found my journal found what I had been writing she says I think it's time we got a divorce yeah so that was really heavy that came down on me like a ton of bricks yeah. and I broke down and cried I said I don't want to leave you and you know and she said, well, it's hard on me, too, because you're such a good person. You're not an alcoholic, drug user. You never abused me. You've never had an affair with somebody else. Um, you're a great supporter of mine. And But she said, on the other hand, I do not want to be the ball and chain that holds you back from what you truly want. Yeah. Well, you know, and that was very, well, that's very brave of her and very um, honest. Yes. And very compassionate, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was very compassionate. And, and, you know, and I I still love her and we still stay in contact via text message or two. She's married, since remarried, and, uh, but we still stay in in touch. Yeah, that's wonderful. That really is wonderful yeah. to still stay in touch. That means she valued you as a friend over all of everything else. She yes. still respected you as a human being and as a friend and supported you and still supports you then. That's, you know, that's, that's yeah. beautiful, actually. It's very nice. Yeah. Well, um, now, whenever you got to the, the point of surgery, now, I'm sure that that has to be very, um, what is it? Dramatic? Is it very, is it dramatic is or? It, or well, 
it's it's life-changing yeah we'll leave it at that uh the very first surgery i had and i had contacted my mom i had outed my you know my mom when i told her about what i was doing she looked me square in the eye and said honey i love you no matter what Mm. and that is beautiful because many in my community don't get that kind of love and unconditional love and support from their parents no they don't so anyway i'd called her up i said i'm talking to a surgeon in houston because i was living in the golden triangle area at the time you know Mm -hmm. and um i said mom i've I'm considering doing breast augmentation, but I also got a quote for facial feminization surgery. And I said, um, I've got money for both, uh, for one or the other. I wasn't going to do both at the same time. Right. And she said, well, well, Laura Jane, I think you'll get more mileage out of the facial feminization surgery than you do with breast augmentation. Mm. So I said, okay, that's good enough for me yeah so uh this was in um 2013 Mm -hmm. well let me back up in 2012 i legally changed my name and my gender marker on my state issued ids Mm -hmm. so i went through an attorney uh there's a uh an attorney in Houston that's very well known in the transgender community. Uh, her name is Phyllis Fry. Mm-hmm. Phyllis Fry herself is trans. Um, and she has talked with several judges in the uh, Houston and San Antonio area. And I cannot tell you the name of the judge because I signed a non disclosure agreement. Right. Because, you know, the vast majority of judges are Republicans. Right. And they don't want it known. <clears throat> that they're supporting that they're someone. Doing yes. Yes. And so so basically, um, they're, they're, he or some judges or whatever, they do support, but they just kind of put it on the down low. Because they do believe that right. people do and should be able to have the rights to do whatever they need to do or, or want. And so and yeah. I, I think that's nice, well, too. But it's unfortunate that they have to kind of keep it quiet, you know. Right. But that's okay, you know. And here you are. Yes. And you go through that process. And then what happens? You know, yes. like you get you. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. go through the process with the judge and then you change all your um, state issue licensing and stuff. And then. Right. um but then whenever you did you ever do the uh the other surgeries that you needed to have or wanted to have yes well um so i was able to do this because i had lost my job as a corporate pilot right after i got divorced i was living off my savings Mm -hmm. pardon me i'm talking a lot so i need some water now did they now when have you lost your job as a corporate pilot did they find out and fire you or you lost your job for other stuff well Well, you don't have to get specific about why but i just didn't know if it was because of the transgender well well it it was a combination of things Mm -hmm. um the first thing is the boss had sold the company and he kept the airplane for the family 
and he had set me and the other pilot down at the time, and I was a, I was male back then, mm-hmm. uh, and said, if you guys like your salary where it is, you'll have to do other things. Well, the other things turned out to be a bunch of manual labor, you know, stuff that I had done when I was in high school, enough to know that that's not what I wanted to do for a living. Right. You know, uh, so I started looking for another pilot job. Now, he knew I was divorcing, and he also knew I was seeing a therapist. How he found out, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, he found that out, and then uh, he sent a text message to me saying it was time we parted ways and said I, he questioned my work ethic and also said I was messed up in the head. Mm. So he said I needed to get my mind right before I applied for another pilot job. Right, because he was like a, a like a private uh, private plane kind of thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So so he must have been like a big wig of some sort. And so he found out and, oh, then, yeah. and, and basically he let you go because he obviously didn't agree with what was, what your journey was going to be and what was going on. Right. Yeah. Well, that's right. unfortunate. And, um, cause he, he claimed he himself had gone through a period where he thought that he was, you know, trans. Oh, so he had, um, he he sort of kind of had to back himself away from that, so nothing, none of his stuff would be exposed. Pretty much. Right. Well, yeah. he said all you need to do is get a hobby or something. <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Like you're gonna sit there and go, hmm, this is how I was born, and this is how I feel since I was a child, and I know this is right, or I can take up macrame. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I'll do a puzzle. No, that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> That is so crazy. Well, people just don't understand. Know, can, and some people um, are obviously just trying to, um, you know, deflect. You know what I'm saying? Now, yes. but um, so now when it comes to like, um, uh, this is sort of not going down the same, you know, road or whatever. I'm, I'm kind of jumping a little bit here. But like whenever you, sure. uh, it, is it sort of like a, um, a, a, a Caitlin and Chris Jenner kind of thing? You know, whenever you were married and stuff, I mean, you know, however, you know, when you look at, I guess, celebrities or Hollywood and you saw that Caitlyn Jenner came out and she was trans or whatever. So she, you know, went on her journey and very, and made it very public. How did you feel about yes. that? Did you, did you support well, it or did you understand the, the, you know, what she, how she was doing it? Or did you disagree with the process that she was going through or well, look, you know, I watched the Barbara Walters interview mm-hmm. with um, Caitlin, or Bruce, as he was back then, uh, and a lot of what Caitlin was saying, or Bruce, was saying really hit home for me. Um, Mom watched it, too, and, and we talked about it later, because she lived several hours away from me. But we talked about it, and I told her, Mom, a lot of what she was saying is exactly what I am going was going through. Yeah. You know, so. So you could, you could sort of identify. Doing, yeah, but 
as far as uh, Caitlin goes, she was a public figure before the mm -hmm. transition what with the Kardashians and everything. Um, and so she decided to make her transition public. But my goal, I wanted tr to transition anonymously. Yeah. But that wasn't to be the case, as you know, because while I was unemployed, I was looking for work in other fields, and I hired on with the local school district to be a substitute teacher. Mm -hmm. Now, I had lived in that area for about, uh, that was in 2014, so I had lived in that area for about 20 years. Wow. Um, 20 years. I had a lot of neighbors that knew me. Now, did they, I, did they know that you were transgender? Well, I started to tell them. Mm -hmm. I, um, this was after my legal name change. And after I had my facial feminization surgery, so it was 2013 to 2014 at the time. Now, one neighbor who was, who we were good friends said, well, it doesn't matter to me what you want to do. You know, it, it will still be friends. And then the other neighbor who had children basically cons uh, accused me of being, a, uh, of being depraved in some way. He said, we're trying to raise our kids in, with good Christian faith Mm -hmm. And we're afraid of the kind of people you're going to start inviting over to your house. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and I looked at Tony. I said, Tony, when have I ever held an orgy at my house? I know. You that's know, crazy. Uh, well, because a lot of people, uh, they associate anything that's n not normal, what they would quote, unquote, you know, uh, say that it would be depraved or it's always sex. And that's not the case because yes. you can you can be gay or lesbian or anything in the in the in the gay world. You, and you but you're, it, it, everything's not about sex. It's just really not. It's just like anybody else living a normal life, nine to five and paying taxes, you know? So, but for some reason they yeah. think it's all sexual related and it's absolutely yes. not. So I, I mean, well, it's crazy. Know, and, yeah. But and that now, brings up another point. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, I won't say everybody, but there are many people out there that assume since I transitioned from male to female, I'm doing that so that I can have sex with men. Yeah. But <laughs> that's not always, career. that's not the case though. That's not always the case at no. all. Yeah. No, no, no. I have to correct them and say, look, gender identity is not about wanting to have sex with, you know, same sex. The, uh, sex. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, it's not about that. It's my identity. It's, uh, it's how you feel about yourself is, and how you yeah. identify. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, sec, uh, who you have sex with is not who you go to bed as. I'm going to bed as Laura Jane. I'm not doing it to, so that I can have sex with men. 
Right. That is so, well, you know, that's just so crazy because a lot of people just don't understand. And then they all of all of a sudden or all, always assume it has to do with, you know, sexual relations, but it's not, you know, so, no, um, no, no, no. no, it's, I mean, I just cannot get that, you know, across to a lot of people like back in the day before gay was more uh, accepted in this world as it is now compared to it was 20 years ago mm. people are like oh yeah. y'all must do this or that and i'm like uh no we're in a long-term relationship and longer than your three marriages you know <laughs> i'm like i haven't yeah. done anything you're the one that's using the divorce you know for you know, uh, having a good time, you know, don't marry different oh. men or different women. You know what I mean? Um, right, right. But so I'm and here I am paying taxes, building a home, building a business, doing my thing and staying true to my, you know, my partner at the time. So it's like, yeah, what the I, I'm not the one that's, you know, needs to, you know. <laughs> I, I don't have all the skeletons you do, you know, so but you're, you're pointing the finger at me. But that's I, so I can just imagine imagine the kind of uh hypocrisy you faced you know throughout your life oh yes and probably maybe so. still continue to now let's go back to the town that you were living in so we know that the neighbors some yes. were supportive and some were not which is you know going to yes. be whatever well, but then you yeah. get fired from your job yes okay so well, my job as a substitute teacher mm -hmm. i got suspended and not only that, somebody called the press. Oh, wow. So suddenly I had uh, all three of the major networks in Beaumont trying to call me for an interview. And then I had a, a superintendent for the school wanting to meet with me. Yeah. And um, I went, oh, my gosh, this is just it's gotten his, this is just hysterical out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Hysterical. So I went and met with the school superintendent and I said, look, I had an agreement with your head of HR that I would not discuss my gender identity with any of the students and that she would not tell anybody that I was transgender or mm -hmm. transsexual. And I said, I have held true to this and I said I don't know what is going on I said you know media is trying to get hold of me and he said yeah you can tell them what you want but our position is that you are not uh, we're going to have a school board meeting about this but uh, right now we're not going to allow you to be a substitute teacher right now so I attended the school board meeting I regret not speaking on my own behalf, but the outpouring of support from so many people was incredible. It Patrick. was actually tremendous because I remember the story and I remember it being yes. on the news and stuff. And honestly, I mean, you didn't even really have to speak up because the public did for you. There was a, um, a really outpouring of people um, of, of, of all of everything, you know, gay, straight, Yes. You know, uh, 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 every every walks of life, people were just like, this is not right. And she's done nothing wrong, you know, and right. um, so and it's and it's really a shame because of, of you know, to uh, 
you know, uh, not going through the entire, you know, the entire story, but, you know, people know that, you know, eventually, you know, you had to, you know, you lost your job. And as much as the outpouring of love that and support was there, you know, the board stood, you know, strong on how they felt about it. And even though there was nothing against you or nothing proven against you, you know, that you've done anything wrong, you were just being yourself and somebody kind of outed you at the school. And then that's how the whole thing got, you know, you know, the snowball. But, um, and that's so unfortunate when people take the power away from the person and 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 use it as a tool to get what they want and it only takes one person to do those kind of things but it's really sad because um you know a a community or whatever could sit there you know could stood have could still have you know stood strong and supported you and a lot of them did but then they did the best they could but eventually you did have to move off because the pressure got too much right well, yes. Um, well, what ended up happening, yeah, I could no longer be in the classroom, but I got a call from a friend, a church friend, who was working in the maintenance department and said, Lord Jane, we need somebody to come into the maintenance department to do inventory. It'll be, it'll be just like your substitute job. It'll be part-time. It'll be temporary. Mm-hmm. But we need somebody to come in and do uh, inventory on the uh, maintenance department and look at all the extras and spares they have for uh, repairing the school. So I went in and I met the guys that were working there. I was introduced to them and they they all treated me really, really good. Yeah. They treated me like a, a, a co-worker, a buddy or whatnot. Now, do and, you think uh, they already knew what had happened, you know, be, with the school already? I'm sure they did. Oh yeah, because so, it was it made the news and you yeah. know. So then when everybody it, it, watched it, the news back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know too many people that still watch the news now. You know, like that at not what is yes. it six ten and whatever. But um, yeah. so because now you can just get everything off the internet real quick. So um, so do you think that the guys? You know, I mean, was it the same school? Or was it a different school? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, it was the it was the, the same, same, same school okay. district. Right. Oh, okay. Same yes. district. Okay. So they all kind of knew, and so at least they went in there and had some respect for you, and you know, and respected you, and um, you know, and you could be yourself, and you were supported in that. But eventually, though, right. you did you know move off, and then yeah. and uh, and then got a job back piling again, right? right? Yeah, believe it or not, one of my Facebook friends was uh, a captain with a regional airline, mm-hmm. and uh, he contacted me on Facebook, a uh, private message, said, hey, uh, have you found employment? I said, no. He said, well, why don't you just send me your resume? I'll walk it in. And um, (laughs) he walked it in, and a few days later, I got a call from them wanting to bring me up to St. Louis for an in-person interview. So Mm -hmm. I flew up there, and of course, I was Laura Jane, living full-time as a female Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, and uh, went up and had the interview. And yeah. uh, on on the applications, they want to know <laughs> if you went by any other name. And, of course, so I had to write down my former name. Mm-hmm. And I explained to them. 
and they said, we don't have a problem with that. We have a non-discrimination policy, and it includes gender identity. So I worked for them for a couple of years, then uh, quit them, went to work for another regional, explained to them. They also had a non-discrimination policy, including gender identity. So I worked for them for four years, and I fully intended to make that a career, but the pandemic hit us, and uh, that that airline went out of business and at the end of September 2019 everybody got furloughed mm-hmm. uh, laid off and they closed their doors so I suffered another period of unemployment but then I got hired by my current company and I never even bothered to tell them that I was trans but somebody there outed me in the company Wow. And I wonder why people yeah. just take it upon themselves like they have this juicy tidbit of, you know, something like yeah. um, I think that at your at your uh, at your, uh, you know, qualifications and stuff, you know, being a pilot and doing yeah. everything else and how long you've been trans and everything else, you would think that they'd be like, hey, this is no big deal. And especially, you know, this is not just long ago. So it's like, I don't know why people take it upon themselves to you know do this and what do you think it is do you think do you think it's fear or do you think it's just juicy gossip or do you think they just want to tell people or what is the big what's the big deal about it that people still have to out people you know this is this is curious to me because this is still a very male dominated profession Mm -hmm. and it certainly is with my current cargo company that I'm flying with. Yeah. I am only one of two females that work for the company. Yeah. Well, so well, I want to stop happened. you. I want to stop you right there. Sure. When you're saying female, now I'm I, I don't want to I don't want to press the, you know, the the question too hard, but when you're saying female, yes. did you actually go through the entire, you know, um sexual, you know, transgender, transgendering. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You did. Okay. Well, all right. So let me explain. So you need two letters of approval to start hormones. And I got those and I've been on hormones since 2010. Mm -hmm. Um, you, as far as the facial feminization surgery and breast augmentation, you do not need letters for those. So I paid for my facial feminization surgery out of pocket, mm-hmm. and that was not cheap, my friend. Uh, then years mm-hmm. later, you know, we're talking 2015, 2016, I did the bread, breast augmentation. And then in uh, 2020, I did the final surgery, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you want me to name it. <laughs> I mean, you can say whatever. It's okay. I mean, okay. what we're doing is I want people to hear this, and I want people to know yes. the process of what's going on. And, and the point of this show is to yeah. actually bring awareness to people um, it's, right. and, and to educate people, to have an open mind, because there's surgeries out there for a lot of things that people have to do and want to do and so this is not something for the people that are transgender and have trans you know identity i want people to understand that this is a process and it's not and it's not easy it's not something to take lightly you know and that's for the people who feel this way and it's also for the public who doesn't understand it and may disagree 
you know. So for the right. for the ones out there that are that do feel this way and they are, you know, transgender and, and they want to have the process, they um it's to let them know and the public know that this is not something that's, you know, willy nilly can happen every day of the week. There's actually a process to no. it. And, it and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the letters because the letters are coming from like doctors and therapists, right? Therapists, yeah. So okay. you need to go to two clinical psychologists and they need to write a letter approving you the surgery. Mm hmm. And if you so don't have those, you, you cannot get no, it. You cannot get it. No surgeon will perform the surgery without those two letters. Now, I have a question with those letters. Now, what those in letters, um, do you think that people have been turned down for that final procedure and then they're just stuck, you know, with not having it? Because what what would cause the doctor or the or the or the therapist rather to not approve it? What is what is, what is a reason? Okay. Well, uh, I can only speak from my personal experience. So I mm -hmm. go to the therapist and tell them, "Look, I'm a male to female transsexual. I'm in the process of completing my journey." Which I shouldn't have said completing because my journey never ends. It's still a learning. Right. Uh, right. There's still a learning process going on. Anyway. So they want to ask you, um, are you gainfully employed? What kind of profession you have? Do you have friends? Are you living full-time as a female? Do you have any problems? Um, you know, uh, do, you are, are you, do you get depressed? Do you, you know, these sorts of questions. And they saw in me that I was well-adjusted to living life as a female 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all year long, and had been doing so since 2013. And um, yeah, they that... make me aware of any drawbacks. And, you know, this is a final surgery. There's no going back. Once you have the surgery, you can't reverse it. This is a permanent thing, you know. And if, yeah. you, t if you tell him or her, because I did go to one female doctor, mm -hmm. tell her, you know, look, I've been living my life full-time as a female. I've even dated a, dated as a female. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm well-adjusted. I'm earning a good income. I've got friends. I've got family that came back after initially not wanting to have anything to do with me. Uh, so, you know, right. And you have a strong support system. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, they saw in me somebody who was well adjusted and was not only wanting to get this surgery done, but was well aware of all the drawbacks and mm -hmm. uh, possible possible complications and everything <laughs> like that, but was still willing to go through with it. Yeah. So, well, I got, now, so, uh, so, so then you went through the procedure and what yes. was, um, not to get too deep and personal, but I guess we should, sure. we're, we're already got sure. this far. So, and you don't have to answer this, but after the surgery <laughs> was done, okay, well, what kind of fast forward yes. you went through the, you went through the surgery and you had it done. And then, you know, like you, you wake up 
and then you don't have a penis anymore. What right. was that? Because I mean, it has to be, it has to be something. I mean, you know, to, I mean, of course, it's totally different, but it had to be like a, a, a like a mental kind of thing, like whoa, you know, <laughs> you yes. know, did you? No, when 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 I stand stood naked in front of the mirror before, there was this uh, juxtaposition of above the waist looks female, below the waist does not. Right. You know, uh, now I don't have to do the tuck down. Right. Which, you don't, you, you don't know, have to hide anything or yeah. Don't have to hide anything. Pants, tight, tight jeans, tight pants. Everything fits better. It looks right. Mm -hmm. And, and you um, feel complete. You feel whole. And I feel complete and whole. I'm satisfied. Um, sleep yeah. through the night. You know, there's no there's no worry of uh, telltale bulge giving it away that I'm trans. Right. You know. Wow. Okay. So, so and then um, now here's the here's the the million dollar question. What was sure. the sex like? You know, for the first time because you've of course <laughs> had a penis and you've used that, but then whenever you yes. had sex for the first time with a vagina then yeah were you disappointed or would you like i don't know what women are all the fuss about you know <laughs> or and also <laughs> did you able to i'm sorry i'm just asking so did you i'm just no, curious no, no. that's the name of my show this i'm was, curious so so did no, you yes so what was it yeah what so was it like what it was an eye-opening experience mm-hmm to to be in that position yeah you know um and uh you know and having having the guy inside of me instead of me being the guy inside of a girl right uh sort of thing it was very eye-opening it was very satisfying yeah i guess right you know uh but now, but, uh, a, a lot of people, and, um, and and please forgive me because I know this is sounds so sure. so graphic, but there are people who want to know this. And when they knew I was going to do the show, they were like, "You have to ask this because I'm curious." These were guys and girls, so not to be offensive, okay. and you don't have to answer. No, but were you able to um, have an orgasm with you know with the surgery actually done? Because now there isn't, and the reason why I'm asking this because there are misconceptions out there that people say when the surgery is done, there are risk that you may never have feeling, you may not this ever have, true. you may never have orgasm. You're just gonna be, yes. <clears throat> excuse me, you're just gonna be like a what one person said, and I've read this in an article when I was doing my research before I had, you know, we were doing this show um that one person said i it was it, it just was a tunnel it didn't have feeling it had nothing it served no purpose for me sexually i wasn't able to have yes. that kind of pleasure so now that's the yes. i think when we're the reason why this question is being asked um is because that are some of the risk right and that's what the right. therapists that were trying to the risk yeah and that's what the therapists they, were trying they, to tell you that there yes. could be risk, and the doctors were saying this, so we right. can't guarantee that there's going to be filling, and there's not going to be you know anything. So basically, you're just going to have the look, but it's not going to actually have right. the feel. Okay, okay. Well, the 
Yeah, for some people, that's a problem. Uh, now, they do preserve the bundle of nerves that is underneath the glands of the penis, mm -hmm. and they use that to form a clitoris. Okay. Now, they say that initially that will be numb after the surgery. There may not be feeling there for up to a year. Yeah. But that's not my that that was initially my case where I was numb, I wasn't feeling anything. Right. But that wasn't my case later on and it's it's coming on to 2 years. It'll be 2 years in July since I've had the surgery and I do have feeling down there and I did get close okay. <laughs> close to an orgasm. Oh wow. Well see now lucky you. Not everybody has that. And see so so I mean there are right. transgender out there that do not have the you know, the feeling or whatever. So they're just like, Hey look, you know, it really wasn't about the sex anyway. And we said that at the beginning of the show. Yeah. It's really not about the sex. I mean you it's, it's really not it's about, really about the sex, how you yeah. feel in your head of who you are and what you feel in your in yeah. your you know, yes. So but um for a minute there when you said, you know, I had the feeling in my case, I thought you was gonna say in with my kitten <laughs> So I was like, okay, <laughs> so you're calling yourself a kitten, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a joke. No. But uh, for a minute, I was like, is she calling her thing a kitten? You know, well, in my kitten, no, no, I no. can feel it. Okay. Well, anyway, maybe you should, you know, you can call it a kitten. Um, anyway, <laughs> so um, I love that you have a sense of humor and, um, but this is such a serious topic, I know, but, um, but it, you know, when it, it comes is, but you do have to keep your sense of humor about things. It helps keep you grounded yeah it really does and so when it comes to all these things now while you're on the dating circuit okay and i know it's not about mm -hmm. the sex and all this but you do want to have companionship every now and then a friend yes. you know whatever yes. so when that when that happens do you go into it and uh, you know what i mean like do you go into it saying um, you know, Hey, I just want to let you know, before we start dating, you know, I was once a man or is it, is it something at this point? Now, this is the, this is another million dollar question because a lot of people have yeah. different opinions about this. So I said, I would ask it. Mm -hmm. So is it, okay. um, is it right or wrong to, to, you know, should you specify in the beginning that you were once a female? I mean, once a male and now you're female, or do you have to? Now that you've well, went through the complete, now I can understand if you still had a penis and you look yeah. like a female from top, but you're a man, you know, in the, in the bottom. Right. But now I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. I'm trying. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just don't know. So no, then, no, no, no. You, oh, so okay. So hearkening. then, okay. So <laughs> you know, you remember the movie, The Crying Game, right? Yes, I remember that. <laughs> it was a good movie, actually. It but, was a good movie. Yeah, but no. But, so, uh, but yeah, he no, had we the. Don't want okay. Yeah, but no. So, so the, so the thing is, is that what do you do? Do you tell them? But now that you are a complete female, is it? This is the question: Is right. it well, necessary in your case now that you've went through all of the, you know, uh, the uh, the surgeries, and you are now government official female? So, yes. is it necessary for you to tell your male partner? Well, this is a, it's, it's a very personal question to each one of us on mm -hmm. how we want to conduct our life. 
some people have told me that I don't need to tell anybody that I'm interested in having sex with that I used to be male. Yeah. But in in my case, since all someone has to do is Google my full name and come up with those news reports that were done on me back in 2014. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and that's how the guys with my company found out and they spread the word that. Right. Um, well, know. what about, what uh, about if you but, were not in the spotlight at that time? Yes. Well, you know, the one, uh, one of the guys that I did have, a relationship with yeah yeah a relationship a brief relationship uh with was on one of my travels i was in chicago i knew i wasn't going to be coming back anytime soon this was just a one night stand yeah. sort of thing i did not i did not tell him okay and he and he couldn't tell right yeah well, yeah no cuz nobody can nobody good you know what i mean so no um, the surgeon is that good (laughs) yeah hey props to the surgeon you know (laughs) but um Mm -hmm. so but now you're saying though it really is on how you conduct your and i like how you said that because i think it's not just with this particular story and this particular topic i like the phrase that you said hey it's how we conduct our lives so that means that the honesty factor should come through and you should just be transparent with not just this particular story that this topic that we're talking about but pretty much anything in life so you're saying um so you're saying you know hey a chicago fling wasn't necessary he didn't care i wasn't gonna say doesn't matter um but then again you're saying that in a long-term relationship that you do want to be transparent you know, and you do want to do that. In a long-term one, if there, is, if there is somebody that I'm interested in and I want it to be a long-term thing, I do think it is necessary to be honest. Mm-hmm. I do think that I need to tell this person, hey, look, I know I don't look it, I don't act it, mm-hmm. but I used to be live life as a male yeah now scientifically i'm still male but i prefer to live my life and present as female yeah now when you say scientifically you mean like um you know like biology yeah okay yeah okay well that makes sense (laughs) so well i'm telling you what an interesting interesting story but an interesting and fascinating life but it's it's um it's I'm so happy that you shared it and I'm so happy that you are doing well. And, um, and I mean, you're living your best life. I mean, I see your travels, you know, of course you're a pilot, (laughs) so you get to go everywhere. And I'm just thinking like, you know, one day you might see me, you know, I might be boarding a plane and you're going to be there. I'm going to be like, Hey, you know, (laughs) I I, want to see the cockpit because nobody lets you in the cockpit anymore unless you're five. So, but, um, I'm, you know, I want to be in the car, you know, I want to see it, you know, but, um, anyway, so I, um, I I really do commend you for being on here, but we're not done yet because I still have a couple of more questions that are important. So, yeah, I want to. I, I want to ask you. I mean, I thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you for being so honest and blunt and telling us the story. And um, what do you say to people out there that just don't understand? And it doesn't matter that they like you and you, they they could be your family or friend or coworker. 
Um, you know, what yes. can you tell somebody here? Because this podcast is all over the world. So what do you tell somebody right here that might be listening in middle America here? What do you, that just can't get it? They're like, hey, to each his own. That's fine. I don't care what they do. It's none of right. my business. I don't understand it and I don't approve it. So what can you what kind of advice or what kind of, what can you give somebody that just doesn't understand and maybe never will be? What can you say to them? Yeah. Well, I don't know of much that I could say, but throughout history we have existed. Mm-hmm. This is not a new phenomena. This didn't, you know, yes, you're hearing more and more about it, starting with Caitlin, Janet Mock, uh, and some of the other famous actresses that have transitioned, Jamie Clayton, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, It's not new. We've existed a long time ago. Uh, Christine Jorgensen was the first one from this country. She had, that was back in 1956. Yeah. And then you jump forward, Dr. Renee Richards. I don't know if you know that name. But there's Uh, been several. Yeah, there's there's been been this um, type of... um, you know, transitioning and transgender yes. and everything throughout our life. And it's been a lot of yep. people that's, you know, um, been some of the first and some are famous, some are not, but some were not. Yeah. Yes. But, but the point is, is that now that it's become more known and being out there, how do you feel about when people sit there and say, you know, this is abnormal, this is sick, this is crazy, this is, you know, this is not the way well, it's supposed to be. And then, well, you know, they also bring religion into it, you know. So, sure. So, how do you well, feel about I, all of that? Well, you know, uh, for the longest time, one of the reasons I didn't transition when I was younger, I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. I was well aware of what the Second Vatican Council said about people like me saying saying we were an abomination under the Lord and everything. But uh, I was in church one day at a United Methodist Church, and I had an epiphany. And I realized that Jesus loves me, you know, Mm -hmm. and my take is the body is a vessel for the soul, and the soul is what God is concerned about. Yeah. If we believe in God and believe that his son Jesus Christ came died for our sins and was resurrected and will come again as long as we believe that yeah the body is a vessel you can cover your body in tattoos and piercings and still be a christian yeah i can alter my body to what my vision of myself should be, but I am still a Christian. I still believe in God, and it's how I treat others in my faith, Yeah, with my faith, and what I do for others that keeps me in good stead with God and Jesus. But ultimately, nobody knows this until Jesus comes back. Well, this is absolutely <laughs> true. But you know what? I like what you said. The body is a vessel for the soul, and if, and, and if, it, if he's really concerned about your soul, then it's really not about the the skin and the bones that has anything to do with it. 
so much is what True. you're saying. Well, yes. I I love that. I like that a lot. And so and so basically, you know, just um, you know, have compassion for people, have love and understanding yes. and and be good to your fellow neighbor and um and stop right. outing people, you know. This is so oh, crazy because absolutely. In, I know in our society it's not just with um you know, transgender, it's gay, it's, you know, race. There's a lot of race stuff. There's a yes. lot of stuff. I mean, why can't sure. people just honestly, and I, I sincerely mean this wholeheartedly, and I know that you would, you know, agree. If everybody just mind their own business, live and let live, people do their thing, stop worrying about race, stop worrying about politics, stop worrying about sex, stop worrying, you know, and all these things. I mean, it, the list goes on. Yes. It's just insane. Um, we I, would be in such a better place, you know? So, sure but would. now most importantly here for your, yes. for your transgendering sisters and brothers out there that are, you know, feeling the same way that are maybe young and they don't understand and they, yes. and they're in a, in a, in a, in a place where they don't have the support or they don't know what to do next or should they, you know, do it or, and also for the ones that are older that are in the process of going through all this, um, what do you, what kind of advice could you give them? What could you possibly say to them that, you know, that would help them along their journey? Well, one of the things I lacked when I initially started my transition was a support group. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, my mom was in my corner, but she lived hours away. Yeah. You know, so I started this transition and I would go to a hairdresser and, and, and you know, as a male and say, I want a more feminine style of hair and then have to explain to the hairdresser why. Mm -hmm. Or I went to a Merrill Norman and I said, I need to learn how to do my makeup. And they said, why? Well, I'm male to female in transition mm -hmm. i need to learn how to do makeup i need to learn a hairstyle i need to do this i need to do that right it would help if you had somebody that was in your corner sister or a close female friend uh that could essentially take you by the hand to these places or help you choose clothes Mm -hmm. clothing yeah. um you know and i've had to fumble my way through this without that guidance right. yeah or assistance and who, uh, who likes stockings right Ugh. You know, <laughs> uh, look, I, I had I had performed, you know, in drag for, you know, years in the, yes. in the beginning and yes, yes. you'd have to wear stockings. And I was like, I'm not going to be one of those performers that will put on five or six pair to make my, you know, thighs look yes. slimmer. No, I ain't got time for all that. I would shave my body and then just kind of go out there, there and, you go. and get a tan. And then they were like, yeah. he is stockingless. And I even have that on video because I. That was unheard of at the time. They were like, you're not wearing stockings. And they would say it on the mic when they were introducing me. And, you know, we're talking after the show and it was funny. But I was like, right. no, I hate stockings. Who does? So um, who likes them? <laughs> so anyway, um, you're saying that basically people need to find a support system, find a connection, find a place where they can right. feel loved, empowered, compassion, and also supported. 
So it's a and so, support it, mm-hmm. yes, and find those places, find those people that will be there for you, that won't that that won't hurt you, that want to support you and encourage you and guide you in a way, you know, and let you be Absolutely. you. Absolutely, yes. yes. So that's very good. Yes, that's, that's so, very good. You know, and I, I I make these suggestions. I was in a support group in St. Louis when I was based up there with that airline. And I would make these suggestions. One of the things you can do is go have your eyebrows shaped, Mm -hmm. you know, and that for a male to female is a major step in their appearance because people are going to notice. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. But having your eyebrows shaped helps your appearance immensely well it does you know? you know and i know that as a guy because you know a lot of guys are getting groomed like that now now they're starting to paint their yes. nails you know they're doing like the nail right. polish now which sure. I, I try to jump on the bandwagon there for a hot minute a war around the house but then i get you know irritated because i'm so used to just doing whatever and i'm not watching the nail polish and either it didn't dry but it started yeah. flaking off it's kind of crazy right um my spouse did not know this because <laughs> if he would have saw it he'd be like what are you doing and why does your nose look like shit you know what i mean oh no that's just polish mm-hmm. don't worry um but anyway yeah the um i mean he of course he wouldn't care but but uh, but not just with the appearance, but also with the psychological stuff. You know, they also need to have that kind of support system to where they know that they can come lean on you. They can get advice. Right. They can also Absolutely. have a shoulder to cry on because it is a process. Yes. You know, you, it's not every day going through this, you know, with the psychologist and the therapist and the doctors and, and uh, the, you know, the uh, – the medication and everything else is not an easy process, but it's a process nonetheless you must go through in order to, you know, complete the whole uh, transitioning, right? So, indeed. Yeah. So, yes. so they need a strong support system. And I'm glad that you had that. You know, so yeah, and um, yes, I eventually I developed it over the years. Initially, mm-hmm. I did not, but yeah, at least I had my mom to talk to and an older sister to talk to. Yeah, my younger brother and sister not so much. When I wrote them that what I was doing, they one disowned me. The other one said, "Oh, don't do that. You'll make an ugly woman." <laughs> Oh, wow. So have they come back full circle? <laughs> yeah, I, I sent my sister, a fo- my younger sister, a photo of myself with my lo- my hair was long and I I did my makeup and I dressed and she goes, oh, you look good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know, I know you, I see you and I'm like, damn, all right, looking good, you know, but I've never seen you in an airline <laughs> pilot hat. Don't y'all, do you still, do, do, the, do the females wear that? Well, the my current company does not require the hat. Yeah. Now, my two regionals, I did have the hat and I wore the hat because I'm former military. Yeah. Um, you know, former United States Navy Reserves, I reached a rank of lieutenant. That wow. was after college. Yeah. So, so you've kind of um, done it all. You've done all the masculine stuff. You know, I say yeah, that masculine, well, but you is, know what I mean. Well, no, this is exactly what a lot of us go through. We do these masculine things trying to suppress our our feminine side. Right. 
we think if we do these things, we find a, a very manly job, get married, we have kids, that that will help suppress the gender yeah. dysphoria, but it but it doesn't, doesn't work out that way. And, you know, and that works with, that's the same thing with homosexuals and lesbians. You know, they try to yeah. have this quote unquote normal life, you know, where they, 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 pretend to be this thing that they're not and they know they're not and they don't want to hurt anybody that they're with but they know that they have to be themselves and true to themselves because they're unhappy so so that just goes across the board for a lot of different things right right so well i yes. tell you what it's like what an incredible journey you've been on and you're still on you know i'm still um, on this i'm you, still learning things i'm still yeah. I'm still new to this dating guys thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> men, you'll never understand them. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You're not going to understand men because they're complicated. I'm one of them. I'm a complicated person and I'm married to one and he's complicated. So we're screwed all the way around. You, you can, you, but it's, Hey, it's not just a male thing. It's a female thing too. You know, I mean, you know, right. women are complicated, right? So I guess we're, you know what? We're all complicated in our own way. So yes, it's, we are. we are, we're a complicated species. So, um, I mean, I guess if I was a turtle and you know, then it would be different. I don't think turtles yes. are complicated. I just don't see why a turtle no. would be complicated. I don't think they have a complicated no. life. I don't know how we got there. I'm just saying. But Laura, yeah. I appreciate you more than ever. It's so brave and so wonderful for you to come on here to be transparent, to be honest, to be forthright, and to tell your story. And hopefully we have shed a little bit of light on this you know, subject. And a lot of people are curious. Yes. And, I, and honestly, I, I do know you personally. So I know we've talked before on the phone and stuff. And I know that there's a lot more we possibly could have, you know, covered. But I think we pretty sure. much got the basis of a lot of it, you know. So, well, yeah. And I, I hope, I think we did. Yeah. And I think, and I think this is going to help a lot of people that have been curious that might uh, be in the process of, you know, doing that or feeling this way or, um, also, too, knowing someone in their family and how to accept it and what to do in order to, you know, bring peace to their life and to love them, you know. So yes, I'm, I'm glad indeed. that I'm glad that you in and your family, you know, are, have pieced things back together and you're living a wonderful life. I see your travels and I'm a little <laughs> bit jealous, just a tad bit. So but remember, you yeah. have a friend right here. You can always call and say, hey, if you all want to come with me, I'm 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 charting this bus. Let's go. You know, so this oh, would be that would be wonderful. Patrick. I know. <laughs> I know. It'd be that. so much fun. I'll be like, hey, I'm I'm coming. So um, but now. Now, one more question and then I'll let you go because sure. I know you you're yes. you're busy you got things to do and you have to pack for your next trip but now the ex-wife I'm glad that she yes. is friends and she has accepted things and I have to give her a little bit of credit what a wonderful person that you know that she has be not what I'm sure she already was but you know a, a wonderful person to accept everything you know um, with you, you know, going through that process right. with you. I think that's wonderful. Now, is she a little jealous of your tits? 
Has she seen your well, breast? <laughs> <this is laughs> Has she seen your I breast have, and go, you damn, know, I, you I, look better I, than me? I have not had contact. Uh, we haven't been in each other's presence for quite a number of years. But here's here's a funny thing. Um, my wife at the time mm-hmm. was small-breasted, and she wanted me, or she wanted breast augmentation. And <gasps> You did not. She, she did. She did want breast augmentation. So I, we went to a doctor. She did some research. She found a doctor in Houston, and um, I, I paid for it. Yeah, y'all were married, so I, she got. We were married, so I paid for that. And here, years later, when I'm in my transition. I thought this was snarky of me. I texted <laughs> her and I said, I said, hey. Since I paid for your breast augmentation, will you pay for mine? That's what I was going to say. You did not say. <laughs> I, did I, say didn't, I did say that. I didn't know. I thought it was. I didn't know if it was going to be one or the other. No, it is a little snarky, <laughs> I have to say. But it's actually kind of funny. I think she probably took it as humor. She's probably saying this one well, right she, here. She never responded to that text. Ah, but then, of course, later I on, she did. Her, I, I yeah. expected her to say, ha, very funny. Yeah. Or something like that. Right. But I was being, but you know, being a little snarky. Oh, snarky. Laura. <laughs> You need to. You, you're a bad girl. Bad girl. I was, I, I was laughing when I sent it. Yeah, but I'm sure she's after that. She probably has, you know, has responded to other texts. But now I thought I didn't know if it was going to be that. Like, hey, I pay for yours. You're paying for mine. Or and or I was going to ask, like, hey, mine are bigger than yours. You know. <laughs> You know, I didn't know which way, which way you're going to go. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I appreciate it very much. And um, safe travels with everything that you're doing. And also, too, thank you for being a good human being and being on here and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Well, Patrick, it was my pleasure to do so. And it has always been my desire to educate people about what we go through as transgender people or transsexuals is as in my case undertaking the hormones and the surgeries in order for us to live a whole authentic life yeah no well you've done great and i think that you've got the point across here and i think that you've shared your story and it's a wonderful story there there are some you know hiccups along the way you know with your journey oh, yeah but yeah. you know you've also you learned a lot from it so it always starts with someone um that has to be the one that has to get out there do it and you know and maybe you were not the very first like you said there was plenty of people before you but then in this case right here with my listeners and stuff that um you know i'm assuming that you are the first one and that they're listening to that knows the whole process so i think you shed some light on it and you've educated everybody so i really appreciate you taking your time and doing this and i will be talking to you again real soon and next time you come on the show we can talk about i don't know dating men that would be a good one okay you know what i mean we can talk about some of the more humorous aspects of the transition too 
Yes, and also too, you know, you can uh, while you're traveling the world, why don't you go ahead and uh, kind of get out there and you know get your tap shoes, you know, dusted off and have a good time, <laughs> you know, date some men so we can have um, you know another conversation. But with all this, all right. so all right, well, thank you, sweetie. I appreciate you, and thank you for being on the show. And everyone, um, if you have any questions or comments, you can hit me up right there on all my socials, and also find me on all the socials. You know, Patrick uh, Tremont and um, and the Patrick Tremont on Instagram and uh, YouTube channel fixing to come pretty soon. And also to you can you um, you can listen to my other podcast, which is called The Daily Apothecary. Go and find that one. Listen to all that. And um, and you can catch me right here on all the podcast podcasts. you know, platforms. And so thank you once again, Laura, and I will talk to you soon. All right, Patrick. Thank you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.